Fantastic. Thank you, guys. All right. You ready to go to work? Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, well, good morning. Let's start there. All right. Um, I want to share uh, from Matthew's gospel. There's a story where uh, the disciples come to Jesus, Matthew 18, and um, they say to Jesus, you know, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? It's an interesting question. And uh, Jesus um, grabs a, um, you know, motions for a child to come. Come here. Brings the child to stand among the disciples, you know. You got Peter, James, John, this little, little kid. Huh? What do little kids do? Whatever they want. I mean, you know, was he paying attention? Was he playing with his little thing? Was he looking at these guys funny? You remember, you remember the show Kids Say the Darndest Things? You remember that? You, know, they just, you just never know. And then Jesus says this, unless you change and become like this child, you'll never experience the kingdom of heaven. You'll never get there. In some ways, one of the most profound thoughts, I think, in all of Scripture, unless you change and become like this child. Now, let's talk about this. Most of our lives, we're, we're sort of encouraged to grow up. And I think that's good. I think that's very healthy and normal. It's time to grow up. It's time to take care of your own responsibilities. And we, we talk about it and we teach these things. So what, what could it be that Jesus was getting at when he said, you need to change and become like this child? Somehow this child can experience things, see things, feel things, know things that it seems like you guys can't get. A lot of us adults get stuck. This holiday season, I am going to do my best to help you recover your sense of wonder. That somehow, in some way, we could reignite the faith of the child in all of us. I don't think it's a journey to become childish, but I think it's a journey to become childlike. That simple, beautiful trust. Over time, we get a little jaded, a little cynical, a little hard, a little sarcastical. It's something so precious and so beautiful about the faith of a child. So I'm going to read some scripture, but you have a homework assignment. Who here will take me up on the homework assignment? Put your hand up. You'll take, you're going to do, I haven't even told you what it is. So I know I'm not telling the truth. You ready? It's a big one. We're going to read the gospels and all that, but here's your homework assignment. You need to go home today and watch the movie Elf. Will you do it for me? All right. All right. 
Now, now certainly, uh, certainly, our our main friend delves into childish at times, but there's something so magical about his childlikeness. That beautiful trust, that amazing innocence. And, you know, we were watching it the other day, and, and you know, with, with Charlie, and, you know, they have the, if you, if you haven't seen it, I mean, the whole thing kind of centers around, you know, it's the clausometer, and, and faith and trust is dying all over, all across the land. And so because of that, the Santa sleigh just won't get off the ground, and people, if they could believe again, it would fly. But I really think, like all good stories, it hits a layer deeper inside of us. Something resonates, and weirdly, you get that kind of warm, fuzzy feeling when that sleigh starts to fly. Why? Because this is important. Now, I know a couple of you, like scientific types, you're like blowing me off. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Um, um, something resonates deep inside of us because deep inside of us, we know. But what happens is that faith gets kind of covered over. Um, I've been doing some thinking about this. And I think what happens in our world, and, and this is becoming more and more prevalent in our society is um, people sort of see the world in a, in a black and white fashion like this. I, I, did I tell you guys this? I always get so nervous when I write up here that I'm going to spell something wrong. I get so nervous. I don't know. I mean, I'm relatively okay at spelling, but if I do, just don't pay attention. All right. And, and so modern people, when they, you know, in, in our modern world, what happens is we, we, go, we grow up, we go to school, and then we, we start to go, oh, that stuff was so silly. That was so silly that we believed all of that stuff. And now I'm so smart and I'm so educated and I feel bad for those people that go to church and they're so ignorant, unaware. Now I'm here, I'm a rational person and I don't need all of that stuff anymore. Some of us have been this all of us know people who are this. And it's a way of looking at the world. But like a lot of things, there's more than one way to look at the world. A whole other way of looking at the world is rational. I'll call this pre. There are, these are not original thoughts to me. Oh my goodness. See, I should slow down, write it clearly, realizing there's people way in the back row that have no idea what you just did here. All right. 
pre-rational, childish, just like, I mean, there's a lot of little ones that just, you just, you can't kind of reason with them. And certain things, they just, they aren't logical yet. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. And so, we grow up. But then, another way to look at the world is that there is a, You ever had an experience that was kind of like beyond your belief? This isn't the only way to look at the world. This is another way to look at the world. And here's the problem. This is, this is non-rational. Stay with me. Ready? And this is what? Non-rational. This is rational, and these two are not. So what you do is, what happens is, people mix it up, and they say, oh, this transrational or what I will call for, for today's sake, faith, it gets lumped into this category. Oh, this is ignorance. This is stupidity. This is childish. A guy named Michael Singer said this, people make such a big deal out of this science versus God as if the, the two were, were at odds with each other. Now get this, last, get this last sentence. The real problem is that people don't truly believe either. Albert Einstein said this, there's two ways to live life, right? One is though nothing is a miracle. Or the other one is that, what? Everything is a miracle. This morning, my mom sent me the first flower, picture of the first flower in Charlie's little garden she's made. A little flower. I mean, we see stuff like that so often, so often that we don't even start to let it register the miracle. Like, somehow she just put this thing in the ground that's like a seed. And then, can you explain that to me? Well, yeah, actually, what happens is, I know, but can you explain it? You can throw a bunch of words, but can you explain it? How this seed turns into this flower. We see so many miracles every single day that we don't even recognize them anymore. They're just, we're swimming in the miraculous, I think Einstein would say. May I say it a different way? Everything around us, everything you look at, is miraculous. And if people can talk you into reducing your life to this and this, which, by the way, I think is mostly what's happening in our world, which is why, you know, in increasing generations, what you see is young people are going, well, this is because this is the only options they've been given. If you've been giving this, these are the options. Like, well, this is what you were like when you were a child, but now we're going to help you become this. And no one's ever explained to them this. What happens is this. Some people go on this journey over here, and they say, I'm becoming scientific. I'm, and, and persons over here says, I'm, I'm a person of faith. But what they don't realize is these paths come what? 
They both arrive at the same place. This is important. Because I'm going to read to you from the Christmas story. And if, if you've only been trained in this, then you'll have to make some judgments, say, oh, this is all nonsense. And... But if you will allow yourself this, you can open up your heart and your mind that God can do the amazing, the incredible, the impossible, the unbelievable. We need a resurgence of faith in our world today. We need a reinfusion. The scripture says this, without God and without hope in our world. What happens when you take God out? The next thing you take out is hope. Re-infusing re hope into our society. Think of what that does. Now, um, after you watch Elf, after you watch Elf, we're going to read Luke chapter 1. I'll read a couple verses. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel said to her, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. I've always wondered about this set of verses. She gets this greeting from an angel. You're highly favored. The Lord is with you. And you would think the reaction would be, yes. I mean, how many of you, if I get, you just came home, you're having a really tough Tuesday, and an angel drops in. I mean, seriously, and says, great to see you. I got good news. God is for you. You would just be ecstatic. But She's troubled. Maybe, maybe startled, sure, but troubled. Why troubled? I think maybe Mary in instinctively knew something that really we all kind of know, and that's this. With great blessing comes a great responsibility. Or I'll say it this way. When you have a big blessing, usually it's tied to a big challenge. In other words, God's going to bless her in a big way, as we will see. But she's going to have a challenge on her hands like no other. You ever get dropped with a really big blessing, like something came out of nowhere, and somehow instinctively you knew, like, boy, this is going to be a challenge. Every time he, you get some kind of blessing, some understanding of, man, where, where did this come from? Deep down, you know, there's a reason. God wasn't just giving out gifts like this just randomly, just to make Mary smile. No, this was something 
much bigger than that. As Mary would learn, this, this baby, as she would learn from the prophet later, she would lose her own child and a sword would pierce her own soul. She was about to go through the most tremendous, heart-wrenching experience I think a mother could go through. You know, it's one thing to pray, God, please bless me, please, God. But it's another thing to accept the responsibility that comes with the blessing of every single day of your life. The angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will be with child and you give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus. Mary's first question is, how? How is this going to be? Now, here's, this is the thing for you and me. This is really like the only question that we have for God, all of us. God, how are you going to fix this? God, how are you going to do this? I mean, really, all of our basic questions, it's basically, God, how are you going to get me out of this? How are you going to work this out? How are you going to fix this? How? It's a good question because it's a, it's, as we've been talking about science today, it's the same question that scientists ask. How? How does this work? But if we knew God, we would think, well, God, well, how do you want me to do it? I could do it like 100 different ways. How many know God knows 100 different ways out of your problem? God knows 100 different ways to navigate what you're going through. How? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. I won't recommend this for homework, but I spent some time the last two weeks, every once in a while I just read science books because I think I'm doing penance because I never read any in high school. I don't really... I don't know how I got through high school, to be honest with you. I didn't read anything. But, you know, I've become fascinated. And now what the scientists are telling us, are you ready for this? There's, like, how all this got here? Like, if you just talk to, a, like, a real smart scientist, I guess, somehow they're going to say, like, I mean, this is leading science. This is leading. Are you ready? Like, it was all a tiny ball. I use, this, I use the size of a golf ball, but it was actually smaller than a golf ball. I mean, we mean like what? Like, no, like they say like everything. Like all of Wall Lake? Yeah, all of Wall Lake. And squeezed into a golf ball. Well, not just all of Wall Lake, but all of Oakland County. And Wayne County. And Livingston County in Manatee County, and whatever county you're, and all the counties are squeezed in, and all of Earth. Are, are you with me? If you don't think faith and science are kind of hitting on the same thing, you aren't listening to either. This is what the leading scientists say. And then you squeeze it back, and well, not only was all of all the counties and all of planet Earth squeezed in something the size of a golf ball, but so was Jupiter and Mars. 
And that's one galaxy. And now we know that the galaxies are billions of light years apart. Anybody's head hurt a little bit? I'm going to just go on to something else. So it kind of, what does it take to believe in that? The whole thing is miraculous. The whole thing. Look at me. Stop talking about your boring Tuesday. Stop it. Huh? You get up on Tuesday with the enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Are you with me? It's a miracle. Tuesday is a miracle. Huh? What are you talking about? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> huh? It's a miracle. It's a miracle that you're here. It's a miracle that I'm here. It's a miracle that the whole thing's happening. Every single day, every breath is an absolute certifiable miracle. You can give it another name, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you, all science is doing is just giving different names. That's all it is. That's okay, I'm not here to fight. I'm just here to tell you, it's all miraculous. The problem is, as we read earlier, neither one of them is believing them entirely. But if this doesn't change you, it doesn't matter. If you can't get up with a fire in your gut on Tuesday, it's irrelevant. If you can't get up when things are down, you know what the funny thing is about, I kept thinking about that kid standing with the disciples. You know, because we have a four-year-old. And I just kept thinking, what would Charlie do if Jesus said, come here and stand next to Peter? Oh, I just wonder what she would do. I mean, I never know what that kid's going to do. Are you with me? Last night, the, this was all, like, a lot of ladies were here uh, for the Advent, and Charlie came up here and she sat on the little, and she sang with, with Anna, and it was, but it, like for three days, all we had were war and tears. War and tears. I don't want to die. When's Advent? It's in two days. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Crying. I don't want to do it. I don't want it to be time for Advent. And, and Vicky and I, we had to have a long talk about, is this good? Are we damaging the child? And, you know, we, we did. We were like, I don't want her to have a traumatic experience and never, you know. And uh, she got up here like it was nothing. Absolutely nothing. Just sang away and looked around. And, how many know you never know what a kid's going to do? Unless you change, she said. How many know we need some change in our world? Now listen, we need some change. We need some change from this extract God rationality. I am as pro-science as anybody. I'm, I've become a, somewhat of a weird science nerd lately in my life. It's not, they're not different. What is different is this anti-God rationality. That you're some kind of idiot or some kind of buffoon if you walk that path. 
and it's taking away faith, and it's taking away hope, and Santa's sleigh is not going to fly. That's the big metaphor for our society crashing. Faith, as it turns out, is the most logical thing, is the most rational thing. But you have to become like the child, childlike. There's still stuff. Now they say, listen, in science, uh, probably Gary will correct me somewhat, but you know, they work for NASA and all that, and some of you others will correct me, but uh, I'm roughly there. Like now what they have discovered is something they call dark matter. When they say discovered, here's what they mean. Most of our universe is this. That's science. That's leading science. What's dark matter? Like, could you imagine? You could give an answer like that on a test. Uh, What do you think the answer to this is? Dark matter. Don't know. I'm dark. I'm in the dark. I, I have no idea. You don't think God could squeeze in somewhere? A little corner of 99% of our universe, dark matter. All of a sudden, when you read this story again, you know what they say? The stars are, the stars keep giving birth. More stars, more stars, more stars. And the stars give birth to more planets, more, it just keeps giving birth. And you say, There can't be like a miraculous birth. (laughs) Well, if you talk to a scientist, there's like miraculous births happening all the time. And we just sent something out into space uh, to far reaches of the universe to discover that stars are being born just like that. Miraculous birth, miraculous birth, miraculous birth. Here's the last thing. God wants to keep birthing something, I believe. And I think we have to pay attention to it. I think this is a story that's not just reserved for one time in history. I think this is a story for you, that God's trying to visit you and birth something in you if you're open. God's birthing something in you. I'm going to give you one practical thing to do when you get negative. Because faith by it, faith is basically positive. It's trust. It's trust that God is. It's trust that God's doing something good. It's trust that it's all going somewhere good. Sadly, a lot of things that are labeled faith really aren't really faith at all, but I'll save that for another sermon. Because it's negative, negative, negative. You know, like, you're such a horrible person. Original sin. Can I tell you one big difference from Orchard Grove and probably every other church you've ever visited? I do not believe at all in original sin. I do not. Whatever you, you can believe whatever you want. I'm just telling you, I don't. So I might be wrong and God will slap me on the wrist or whatever. I think that's crazy nonsense. It says you're made in the image and likeness of God. How is that original sin? That's original. Heck Yeah. That's original, oh yeah. If you start, listen to me, if you start there, how is your life going to be? 
if you start with original, sin, depraved, what are all these other words that get used? You know? Could you imagine that? In a little toddler, in a little baby dedication. Come here, little depraved one. Come here. So te- that's what we're teaching them. Now, do, do we all kind of screw up? Duh, that's like no duh. But that doesn't define, that's not your defining characteristic. Your defining characteristic is you're made in the image of God. So how all this needs to change us is that faith is a positive thing. It's unbelievably positive in incredibly negative circumstances. You still have faith. You still have confidence. You still somehow believe God's going to work. God's going to bring it through. I don't know how. I don't know how. If 90-some percent of our universe is dark matter and nobody knows what it is, there's a lot of stuff that you're never going to know. You don't need to know how. What you need to know is God. God is, and God is for us, and God is with us. And so faith is positive. But let me be practical. Negative things are going to come into your head. Right? This isn't going to work. This is so terrible. This is so terrible. Let me talk to you about the conversation that you have in your head a lot. Because I know you do. Ready? This is so terrible. This is not going to work out. Why did this happen? How could they... Ready? Take the negative thought. They're going to come. You can't stop them from coming. They, they come. And you replace it. This is the most simple thing. You replace it with a positive one. You take a fear statement, because basically it's a fear statement of some kind, and you just replace it with a faith one. That's what you do. She was afraid. Mary was afraid. Ha, ha, ha. Replace it with what? Now the story says, she goes, I'm the Lord's servant. Let it be. Let it be. I'm the Lord's servant. Let it be. You want to change your life permanently? One simple thing, this will do it. Negative things come, you replace them with positive. I'm so worried about this. I don't know why this is. Just replace it. Just replace it. They will come. Just keep replacing it. Now you're going to need an arsenal of positive things. You with me? Get get yourself an arsenal going. This is where you go old school. This is like old school church for a minute. Memorize some good Bible verses, as I call them, refrigerator verses. All right? Memorize them. Start with the fridge. That's fine. Put them on your mirror. Put them in your keychain. Go where you're going to work. You you memorize them. If God is for us, who can be against us? No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. You just keep going and going. All things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. You just keep going and going and going. How many know if you email me, I'll send you an arsenal, but you should probably just do your own homework. (laughs) You get an arsenal because negative things are going to come. You just replace them. I'm not going to believe that. I'm going to believe this. I'm going to believe this. How? Listen to this. Listen to this verse. (laughs) 
Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Verse 37, that's the first one. You say it to yourself over and over and over again. You want to say it out loud? Ready? Nothing is impossible with God. One more time. Nothing is impossible with God. You go home and try to make the universe. Shove a golf ball. Superheat it. No, I mean, go read the signs and say, I'm just going to do that. You can't. God can. You can't, God can. End of the story. Make stars that make more stars that I don't even understand anymore. It's just. God can't fix your problem? How many know we need some God back up in here? Just real simple God, faith. Change everything. And then if you are a more positive person, what's our society gonna be? You cut me off, bro. God's going to make it up, bro. I'm going to be in front of you in two lights. Don't worry about it. But, all right, maybe you don't believe that exactly, but, but, but when you have faith, I mean, do you, how do you think Jesus operated? They're crucifying. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. This guy just cut you off. They don't know what they're doing. No matter. Faith will chill you out. How many, how many could use a little chilling? Faith would chill you. It should. It doesn't chill us out enough. But it should. God, God will get me there. I'm too, too worried about that. I'm too worried about this person taking my job. I'm not too worried about this because you know what? God's going to get me where he needs to get me. Nothing is impossible with God. Huh? That's positive number one. And you just keep adding them on. Huh? When those negative thoughts come, you're like, I got more. I got more ammo, bro. Well, I shouldn't do that. I don't know, but you know. <laughs> keep going. Look, you keep going. This is negative. I, I, positive. I'll override it. I'll override it. I'll override it. Next thing you know, you're a changed person. You don't think the way that you used to think. And some of you have really bad thinking patterns. I'll be honest with you. You have really bad thinking patterns. And you just go into that mode all the time. And somewhere you learned it. Somewhere someone was conditioned to you. And, and you find the worst. And you believe the worst. And you exaggerate the worst and that conversation in your head the thing that actually happened is 20 times worse in your head how it really is if God is for us who could be what against us you know that one you got two let's stand we'll have a closing prayer All right, we're going to make that sleigh fly, friends. We're going to reignite the faith in us, your own life, your own heart. You're going to, you're going to say when, when in doubt and negative and skepticism, 
the problem with all this um, anti-God rationalism, it's not the argument. I, I used to try to like get into that argument. when it, it's, it's irrelevant to me now. The problem is the outcome. The problem is the kind of people that it ends up producing that have, they're just cynical and dark and they, and they have no faith. And church, if there's anything that we should be, it should be people of absolute faith and belief. And so the one thing that should be is positive. Doesn't mean you don't have negative things. That's positive. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God. That's what I'm doing. I'm trusting God. Let's say it together. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God. How's it going to work out? Your friends get across your business partner. How's this going to work out? You don't have enough. I'm not saying you don't do math. and you, I'm not saying that. They all work together. But at the end of the day, I'm what? I'm trusting God. That's who I'm trusting. Our loving God, we thank you today that you're still the God of miracles. That not only, God, did you create all of this that we see and know, but God, you're still creating. It's still happening. God, I pray that you will give birth inside of every person in this room to faith and hope and trust and confidence. And when the, when the fear comes and when the doubt comes, God, help us to replace it with faith and trust to know that we may not know how, but we know who. We know that you're at work when we can see, when we can't see. We put our faith in you today, in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Happy Sunday, Orchard Grove. Go get them.